Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. In today's message, Dr. Forrest presents part one of his teaching, Psalm 91 versus the coronavirus. with your presence. Thank you, Father God, for the promises of Psalm 91. Lord, we bring the promises of Psalm 91 to bear against COVID-19, against this coronavirus. We say in the name of Jesus, if it has a name, it has to bow to the name above all names, that is, the name of Jesus. Furthermore, Lord, we banish the spirit of fear from this nation and from the world. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, praise the Lord. Psalm 91 versus the coronavirus. Psalm 91 versus the coronavirus. Those of you that are familiar with Psalm 91 probably already know who's going to win that fight. Amen. And with a title like that, I want to make sure that those who may be listening who aren't familiar with Psalm 91, I want you to know that it's a wonderful psalm that promises supernatural protection from all kinds of evil things, including plagues including viruses like the coronavirus. So a little over a year ago, I preached a series that I called, What if Psalm 91 was really true? And the reason I asked the question that way was because I wasn't seeing a whole lot of people in the body of Christ who were walking and talking and acting like Psalm 91 was really true. It was true then, and sad to say, it is still true today That is, there aren't that many people walking and talking and acting like Psalm 91 is really true. Especially in light of the coronavirus and the spirit of fear that seems intent on overwhelming the whole world. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe that we should do our best as believers and citizens of America to practice the precautions and follow the guidelines laid out by our civil government. But we've also got to balance Those things with the Lord's command not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. That's Hebrews 10.25 balanced against Romans 13.1. But I want to be clear about one thing. The spirit of fear is not something that the church of Jesus Christ should tolerate or cooperate with in any way. 2 Timothy 1.7 makes that clear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. That's so good, it's worth another read. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. The first reason we shouldn't tolerate a spirit of fear is because it was spawned by the devil and his crowd. 
And the Bible says we are to resist the devil. And if we do, he will flee from us. The other reason is this. If we allow the spirit of fear to mushroom out of control, it can potentially become more dangerous than the virus itself. I mean, people have already died because they ingested dangerous chemicals because somebody out there said it would save them from the coronavirus. These people were not casualties of the coronavirus. They were casualties of the spirit of fear. Fear will make people do strange and sometimes dangerous things. When fear overtakes a person, they can become selfish and unruly, especially when it comes to things like toilet paper. I want to lighten things up a little bit and talk about my recent Sam's Club NASCAR adventure. So I got up one morning about a little over a week ago and I was going to go to Sam's Club to get tires for my car. And I went a little early. I got there about 8.20. I knew the store was opening at 9 and I happened to be the 10th person in line. And as I'm standing there in line, the people came out from Sam's Club and said, we're going to open the store. We're going to let people in 30 people at a time. We've got pre-sanitized carts all ready for you. All you have to do is go to your cart and make your way back to the back of the store because we do have toilet paper. So I thought, great, I'm here to get tires, but I'm going to get toilet paper first and then I'll get my tires. So about 30 minutes later when the store doors opened, by that time, by the way, there was a line 100 yards behind me. So I was in the first group of 30 that went in and I just behaved myself. I went to cart number 10, I put my hands on the cart and I started following the line of people back to the toilet paper. There's about 20 people behind me and about three guys back. Somebody back there decided to go NASCAR on me and he pulled out into what he perceived to be a passing lane. And he went by me and this determined look on his face and I was about two feet from the lady in front of me, my cart to her backside. And uh, he started wedging his way in there like he was going to force his way in front of me. Now, listen, I'm a pastor and I walk in love, but that's ridiculous. I gave him a real stern look like, what the heck are you doing? You know, don't you know, we're the first 30 people in here and we're going to get our toilet paper. You're not going to be deprived. You don't have to get ahead of me. So I closed up the gap, wedged him out, and he went back behind me. Amen. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do because fear will make people do strange and sometimes dangerous things. Amen. Let, getting back to Psalm 91, most Christians who've been serving the Lord for a while are at least familiar with Psalm 91. But for some of us, it is the go-to passage that we turn to when believing God for physical protection. Amen. Now, members of the media and those with a vested interest in stoking irrational fears have turned the coronavirus into a worldwide boogeyman that somehow cannot be defeated. And we as the salt and light of the world need to do our part to change that perception. We need to let people know that the devil's a liar, the devil is defeated, and Jesus is Lord. And the coronavirus has to bend its name to the name of Jesus. COVID-19 has a name and the Bible says Jesus is the name above every name. So the name of Jesus is above COVID-19. Amen. So if you're a believer, 
I want to challenge you this morning to believe that Psalm 91 is the word of the Lord to you, not just to preachers and some elite group of special Christians, but to you, even in the midst of COVID-19, even in the midst of the coronavirus. So we're going to go through Psalm 91 verse by verse and learn to apply it to our lives in the midst of this crisis. Amen. And I believe we can do that in the next two Sundays, this Sunday and next Sunday. And we're going to do them in short spurts, probably 20, 25 minutes max. And you're going to get a feel for a verse by verse study of Psalm 91. Amen. Listen, the messages will be short, but the revelation contained will help you in your fight against the fear and in your fight against the coronavirus itself. Amen. First of all, to set the tone for our look at Psalm 91, I want to point out that Jewish scholars believe that Psalm 91 was written by the man of God, Moses. And that's significant because if you consider the fact that Moses lived to the age of 120, and at that age, the Bible says his eyesight was not dimmed, and his natural force or his natural strength was not abated. That's Deuteronomy 34, 7. Listen, in other words, he was not old and feeble, but was strong, healthy, disease-free, and had perfect eyesight at the age of 120. Amen. Hallelujah. So much so that on the day of his death, he climbed Mount Nebo, which is 2,330 feet above sea level, for a look at the promised land across the Jordan River Valley. Amen. With all that in mind, I can't think of a better candidate to write Psalm 91 than the prophet and the man of God, Moses. So let's get into the word this morning. Psalm 91 in the New King James Version. Verse 1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. That's so good. I got to read it again. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now the word translated there as secret place means a covert hiding place. And the word translated as the Almighty is the Hebrew word Shaddai, which means the Almighty, or another shade of the meaning, the overpowering one. I like that. He's the Almighty, but He's also the overpowering one. Amen. So put all that together, and you could say verse 1 like this. He who dwells in the secret hiding place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, the one who can overpower anything that could ever come against you. Amen. So the logical question is this. How exactly do you put yourself in the secret place of the Most High? Well, the answer to that question is found in verse 2. Verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. Amen? You place yourself under the protective covering of the Almighty, the overpowering one, the same way you receive anything else from the Lord. By faith, by confessing the truth of God with your mouth and believing it in your heart. Amen? When you first believed, you believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth that Jesus was Lord, that God raised Him from the dead, and the Bible says you were saved. That's Romans 10.9, and that word there in Romans 10.9 is the Greek word sozo, and it means to be saved spiritually, to be healed, to be delivered, 
to be protected from physical harm, to be made whole. It encompasses a much broader definition of salvation than is being preached in most churches today. Jesus came to save us spirit, soul, and body. To bring us spiritual salvation as well as mental, emotional, and physical salvation. It's all been paid for by the shed blood and the finished work of Jesus Christ our Lord. Can I get an amen? So when you embrace the truth of Psalm 91, you are appropriating the physical aspect of salvation that Jesus has already purchased for you. If you confess Psalm 91 with your mouth and believe in your heart that those promises belong to you, you will be protected from physical harm. You've got God's word on it. Amen. Verse 3 says, Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. That's kind of hard to say. That's why I said it twice. Now, the snare of the fowler is a reference to hunters who use cleverly designed traps to catch birds. And the phrase perilous pestilence refers to a destructive pestilence or plague, whether viral or bacterial. But God says he will deliver you from them both, the snare of the fowler and the perilous pestilence. So listen, when the bird is caught in the trap of the fowler, most of the time there is no way out and captivity or death are inevitable. Listen, believer, if you feel trapped in the midst of this crisis financially, emotionally, physically, or any other way, and there seems to be no way out, Jesus is your way out. The promises of God are your way out. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So the next time the devil or anybody else tries to tell you that there's no way you're coming out of this, you say, yes, there is a way. Jesus is my way. The promises of God are my way. And the Apostle Paul said that all the promises of God are yes and amen in him. That is in Jesus, 2 Corinthians 1.20. Amen. When pestilence like the coronavirus begins to spread, verse 3 says that the Almighty, the overpowering one, will overpower it and he will deliver you. Amen. Verse 4, he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Now, this verse does not mean that God is a great big chicken. But he does long to watch over us and protect us like a mother hen who gathers her chicks under her wings. Jesus verbally expressed this. As he approached Jerusalem, as he crested the Mount of Olives and the city of Jerusalem was laid out before him and he wept over the city, the Bible says, and he prophesied this. Let me read it to you from Matthew 23, 37 in the message translation. He said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you murderer of prophets, killer of the ones who brought you God's news. How often I've ached to embrace your children the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you wouldn't let me. Listen, let God wrap his ever-loving arms around you during this crisis. Let him bring you under his wings of protection. 
Let him comfort you. Let him take fear and anxiety away from you. Amen. Now, the last half of verse four says that his truth shall be your shield and buckler. And this is a reference to two kinds of armor, two kinds of shields that were used by the soldiers of that day. Now, the Romans had huge shields that were the size of small doors. And if you were right handed, you would hold that shield with your left arm and it would protect most of your body. From swords, from spears, from arrows, from flaming arrows, whatever the enemy sent your way, it was your primary defensive weapon. And then, uh, of course, you had a sword in your right hand, but you also had a shield around your hand and your forearm, and that was called the buckler. And the purpose of the buckler was to be able to withstand a blow to the hand or forearm and not drop your sword, not drop your offensive weapon. Amen? So God is saying that His truth that is his word, will be your defensive and your offensive weapons when you're under attack by the enemy. Amen. All right. Verse 5. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. Now this verse says to me that God's protection for us is day and night 24-7. Amen. Whether it's spiritual or or physical, whether it's day or night, the Bible says God has it covered. Amen. You don't have to be afraid. Verse 6. You don't have to be afraid of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Now that word there for pestilence is a deadly plague or disease, and I certainly think that COVID-19 qualifies. And it walks in darkness in a sense because a virus like COVID-19 is unseen. And yet you know it's there. You don't have to be afraid of the unseen virus that's lurking all around you. That's the way I look at it. Nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. That word there, destruction, is the Hebrew word cut off. It means sudden death. You don't have to be Wary of the unseen virus, and you don't have to be afraid of suddenly dying in the night. Amen? Amen. That's the promise of God to you. So let me ask the question. Do you lay awake at night wondering whether you've been exposed to the coronavirus? Do you wonder sometimes if you'll ever live through the night? That sudden death may take you when you least expect it? Listen, that's no way to live. A life of fear and dread was not the life the Lord brought for you with his body and his blood. Listen, I'm not saying that you shouldn't take precautions and follow common sense guidelines. I'm also not saying that you shouldn't get checked out if you exhibit coronavirus symptoms. What I am saying is this. If you're placing your faith in medical science alone and not in Jesus and his saving power, you are on shaky ground. There was a king in the Bible. He was one of the kings of Judah. He was known as Good King Asa. Let me read something to you that happened to him in the Bible here. 2 Chronicles 16, 12 in the New Living Translation. It says, in the 39th year of his reign, Asa developed a serious foot disease. Yet even with the severity of his disease, he did not seek the Lord's help, but turned only To his physicians. Did you hear that? He turned primarily and put his 
hope and his trust in the physicians and not in the Lord. Listen, there's nothing wrong with going to the doctor. Thank God for doctors and nurses and modern medicine. If not for that, many Christians would have died and already been in an early grave. Amen. But if you're going to go to the doctor, if you're going to go to the hospital, go with your primary faith and trust in the Lord Jesus, in Dr. Jesus, the great physician. Amen. All right. Verse seven, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. I mean, that's so fantastic. I got to read it again. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Listen, believer, do you think that's actually true? Do you think that actually applies to you? I believe it does. If you'll believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth, a thousand may fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come nigh me. Amen. You got to remember as you read verse seven, we've read it about three times now. You got to remember that verse seven is connected to verse six, which says you shouldn't be afraid of the pestilence or of things like the coronavirus. So what this verse is saying is absolutely stunning. It's absolutely amazing. But it is the word of the Lord to you if you're a believer. Even listen to me, even if thousands are dying all around you of the coronavirus or whatever other virus comes along, the Bible says it will not come near you. Do you believe that? That's a pretty fantastic thing. I believe it. I believe it because God said it. I believe it because in spite of the circumstances, his word is above the circumstances. Amen. Amen. I'll say it again because somebody out there needs to hear this. Even if thousands are dying all around you of the coronavirus. It will not come near you. Amen. Would you believe that? Would you confess that? Would you make that your own? Saint of God, stand on the word of God in times of trouble like this. Finally, verse 8. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. I like the way the Amplified puts it. You will only be a spectator as you look on with your eyes and witness the divine repayment of the wicked as you watch safely from the shelter of the Most High. You know, as a New Testament, New Covenant believer, one of the ways you can interpret that verse is this. One day, we're going to see the devil and his crowd judged for birthing things like the coronavirus. All the suffering, all the death, and all the destruction that they have loosed through the ages upon planet Earth, they're going to be judged for that, and we're going to get to watch it with a front row seat sitting right next to God. Amen? And I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to that day. Amen. So on that relatively happy note, let's wrap it up for today and we'll pick it up where we left off next week. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Psalm 91 versus the coronavirus. If this message has blessed you and you would like to contribute to our ministry, you can do so by donating on our website at GoFaithLife.com. If you are in the Wilmington area and are looking for a place to worship, come join us on Sunday at 9.45 a.m. for coffee and fellowship 
and 10.30 for worship and service. If you would like to learn more about us and access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.